Today is going to be a little bit different than what we usually do, um, but this week's been a little bit different um, for a lot of us. Uh, you know, most of y'all know we had tragedy in our town, we had tragedy in our church family. Um, regardless who we are, at some point, Monday night or early Tuesday morning, we got a call about the passing of Drayton and Jaden. And, uh, you know, for me personally, it was this question of, uh, why? Um, it was this rawness inside that I, I didn't understand. Um, the question that I kept on asking was like, I don't understand God. Uh, they were so young. It was just, for me, it, it was a battle of trying to get it all wrapped around. Um, I came to this place in my heart, though, that I never not trusted God, but I wanted some kind of reason around it. And, and for me, I came to the point that where I rested my faith on the idea that I believe with all I have that God is good. That even through the, the not understanding, even through the doubt, even through the, the questions, that's, that's all I could rest on, the fact that God is good. And that there's Psalms like Psalm 27. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Whom shall I dread when evildoers come against me to devour my flesh, my foes and my enemies stumbled and fell? Though an army deploys against me, my heart will not be afraid. Though a war breaks out against me, I'll still be confident. I've asked one thing from the Lord. It is what I desire to dwell in the house of the Lord in all the days of my life. Gazing on the beauty of the Lord and seeking Him in His tem- temple. For He will conceal me in the shelter in the day of adversary. And He will hide me under the cover of His tent. He will set me high on a rock. Then my head will be on high and above my enemies around me. And I will offer sacrifices to his tent with shouts of joy. And I will sing and make music to the Lord. Lord, hear my voice when I call. Be gracious to me and answer me. My heart says this about you. Seek his face, Lord, and I will seek your face. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away. You have been my helper and do not leave me or abandon me. That when we face these times, the only thing that we really can do is rely on God's word and, and his goodness. And then Psalms 45, 9 literally says, The Lord is good to everyone. His compassion rests on all he has made. So we know by his word that when times are hard that we, we rely on his goodness. Even we, when we don't understand, we rely and we rest everything we have on that He is good. And then the second part that I really rested everything on was that through it all, I believe He is good and I do believe that He is in control. Romans eight twenty eight. 28. Um, that's up there behind me if y'all put that up. That all things work together according to his will. That regardless of what we see in life and how hard it is, that there is this great master plan that God has. 
And through our pain and through our suffering, we're looking at chapter 7 of a 40-chapter book. And we're trying to find reason and answers for why everything happens when we only see it from here. And God sees the completion. Best thing I can do is that when I think about this is I think about Abraham and Isaac. Now, if you know the story of Abraham, God had promised him so much. He had promised him that um, through him, everybody would be blessed, that um, he would have descendants as numerous as the stars. And Abraham didn't have any kids, and he had this long walk with God of, of trusting him step by step by step along the way, even when he didn't see and then finally he had this son, Isaac, and this, this son meant the world to him. And everything God had promised was based off of this. And then one day God came to him and said, I want you to take him and I want you to offer him to me and sacrifice him. At that moment, it was a moment in Abraham's life where he had no clue what God was doing. He had no clue what God was doing. But how did he respond? Like... I think about that in our own lives when those moments hit where we're just left helpless and wondering and we have no clue. How are we supposed to respond? And for Abraham, it simply was one step at a time. That said the next morning that he got up and he trusted God and he just took a step. And the whole time, Isaac was probably asking questions. What's going on? And he just trusted God and he took a step. Psalms 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. Back in these days when these psalms were written, they didn't have flashlights like we have today, you know. And when you lit a lamp, the lamp literally in the dark only showed a few steps ahead. So that's sort of like how life is. At times. That when we don't understand everything and and life is hard and tragedies happen, we just let God guide us by the lamp. That your word is a lamp unto my feet. That we're only seeing a few steps at a time. But the best thing for us to do is to keep walking. To keep following God. So this morning, that's just... After everything I came up with, that, that is just what, you know, through the hurt and the pain, that's where, like, God really brought peace to my heart. Is that even in the trials and even in the pain, what, what we do is we don't have to have it all figured out. We don't have to see the big picture, but we just keep walking. Knowing that He is good and, and He's got this thing all figured out. We don't have to. And so this morning... As we face the adversity as a church, as a family, as a town. Um, my prayer is just that we keep walking. Knowing that God's got the next steps figured out along the way. Let us pray. God, um, Lord, uh, it's been a hard week for the families. God, I do pray right now that you bring peace to all of them, to Brandy, Stacy, Kaylee, Jacob, Macy, um, all the family involved. And God, I do pray that uh, 
You just help them grieve and, and get to the point of maybe some understanding. And I do ask this, God, to, to just bring some understanding into their lives and help them heal. I pray for Casey and Kadias, God, too, that as they're going through this, uh, that you'll be with them too, Lord. Um, pray that you heal Kadias. And secondly, God, I thank you that uh, um, he's a miracle. Um, and God, through all this, Lord, I just pray that uh, um, from all the sadness that you'll bring life, that all of this will work together for your purpose, Lord. Um, that even though we don't understand and even though we hurt, that as we continue to walk, God, that you will use this for the furtherment of your kingdom. Um, Lord, today we just ask you to be with us. Help us to love you better. Help us to love others better. And we just pray through it all that you'll be glorified. We just ask all this in your name. Amen. Let's keep praying. Father, I agree with Trey. We all agree together. You. We don't. Uh, we know who you are, but we don't have a whole lot of answers. In many ways, your uh, moments like these are all we got, and uh, we lean on you now. As one of your sons, Lord, watching uh, watching a younger brother rise up during these moments is, is uh, encouraging to just see how uh, Trey's been able to represent you in the community and then to hear stories of how how Radius Saluda has has shown even in the midst of all this pain is, is encouraging, Lord. So we thank you for that. And at the same time, wonder how we're going to work through all this in the days to come. We thank you for strength for the last few days, and we're asking for strength in the days to come. We pray as we take just a few minutes to look at your word and, and worship together through song that you would uh, you would minister to us, that you would uh, you would begin to heal some some wounds, Lord, that you would give us some energy uh, to help other folks with their pains. We trust you with these minutes that we have together this morning in Jesus name. Amen. What we thought we'd do this morning is just take a few minutes and look at God's word and tag team it a little bit, Trey and I, and then we wanted to save the bulk of uh, singing or worship uh, for the end so that we could all respond. Um, so that's, that's, that's what we'll do. I'll, I'll read you a couple passages and we'll talk about them for a few minutes and then, then we'll all, we'll, we'll, try to allow ourselves to sing and worship God. For some, that'll be easier than others. It's one of the interesting things in the body of Christ. Uh, we, we find ourselves in different places. Some in our room today are in absolutely deep pain and some that are a little further distance from the pain don't feel it quite the same. So it's this great time for us to share together for a little, little bit of time on a Sunday, but really this is just the beginning of the week. And they shared together throughout the week. 
We've been reading a story in the Bible about a, a guy named Joseph. One of the great, coolest things about the narrative, about a story. I'm, what am I doing wrong? I can take a different one if I need it. Uh, let me pull this off my face a little bit. Uh, one of the coolest things about a story is that it doesn't have like this one, two, three. It doesn't tell you, hey, if I follow this formula, everything's going to be all right. Because most of us that have lived a little while know that that just isn't true. When I follow one, two, threes, it's just not, life's not that simple. And certainly in times of pain, it is, uh, it's complicated. And so when you, when you watch a man's life, and in, in Genesis, it's about this man named Joseph. You actually get to see him. He's actually formed by suffering. So as he, you walk through his story, he has these multiple moments where life's just really hard. And you get to watch him in those moments. And it doesn't tell you exactly how to live. It just lets you see his story, his testimony. So I wanted to read to you just a, a tiny little snippet because it didn't seem right to walk through his story this morning. I, I want to read just a tiny little snippet. Joseph's been put in jail and uh, he's been jailed um, for nothing that he's done. He's innocent. How about handing me one of those other mics? That's going to drive me crazy if it ain't driving y'all crazy. He's in jail. He's been falsely accused. You guys, if you were here last week, you heard the story. And I just want to read you this moment. He, he's, he's been blessed in jail. I don't know exactly how that works, to be blessed in jail. He's been shown favor by God in jail. And it comes uh, in chapter 40 of Genesis to this little part. And he says, while they were in prison, a couple guys have been thrown into prison. Uh, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night and each dream had its own meaning. And when Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. And he said, why do you look so worried today? Verse eight. And they reply, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. And then this interesting little line interpreting dreams is God's business. Go ahead and tell me your dreams. So you have a man falsely accused and he's in prison. His name's Joseph. You don't know the story. You can go back and read it another time. It's crazy how people's stories kind of soothe our soul often. And as he's suffering, he uh, has his eyes open to what's going on around him, to other people's suffering. And he sees these two men and they're suffering. And, and somehow in his suffering, he relates to them and their suffering. And because he's connected to God, he's willing to represent God in the moment. It's uh, not often how I respond to suffering. But it is how Joseph does in this, this moment. And it has been how Radius Saluda has responded in this moment. And I, I got to say, just watching from down the road about 30 miles makes, makes us, me, really proud. That while you suffer, you, I, I've already heard stories walking in of how you guys have been serving this tight community over the past week. And that looks like our God. Uh, Tony Evans is one of my favorite. He's a, he's a preacher out of Dallas. He says this, in our suffering, a common temptation is to stop believing that God will use us. But the truth is, often in our suffering is when he uses us the most. Um, <laughs> The grace of God seems sometimes to be most keenly experienced in our hardest days. I don't know why, and 
I don't necessarily like that, but it seems like the easy days is kind of easy to forget where he is and what he's doing in the hard days. It becomes imperative to know where he is and his grace is sufficient. It flows and we need it. There's this really interesting passage. I'm just going to read you a couple verses out of second Corinthians that talks about suffering and it talks about God. And I think sometimes when we get to suffering, we want to know why. So we really want to know, is God sovereign, which is a big word. Is he in control? And we got all these questions going through. Those are the theological questions. But what he says he is in times of suffering, he says that he is the God of comfort. That's what he says about himself. Second Corinthians reads like this. All praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is your it is your comfort and salvation. Exclamation point says the NLT. But when we ourselves are comforted, we are certain we certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort that God gives us. I don't know about you, but my English teacher would have marked through like wanted me to go and find another word to explain explain comfort. But the writer Paul uses the word comfort in, in three little verses, four verses. He uses the word ten times. NLT translates it comfort nine of those ten times. In the Greek, it's ten times the word comfort's there. And so when God looks at us and we're suffering and life's hard, and certainly in this room today, life is hard. He speaks of who he is, and he says that he is the God of comfort. Check it out. N- NIV actually translates that first verse. It reads like this. It says that he's, he's the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which on a Sunday, I'm looking for the bread and juice, but on a Sunday, it's back in the back. On a Sunday, when we, when we lay out the bread and juice, he's the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who sent his son. He knows about suffering. His son knows about suffering. He knows about losing a son. He's the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says that he is the father of compassion. What a crazy statement. I think sometimes we have God way far away in our minds and he's either a grumpy old man or he's a happy old man, but he's definitely disconnected. But when he speaks of himself through the Apostle Paul, who's actually experienced him, he says he's the father of compassion. He's got empathy. He knows who we are. If you're in a small group and you went through Matthew chapter 4 this week, it actually speaks of Jesus being tempted. Why was Jesus tempted? Was there a chance Jesus was going to fall to the temple? No, it wasn't a chance. He's all God. Why was he tempted? Because he wanted to relate to me and you. He wanted to understand us and how we face temptation. He wanted you to be able to rest in him and how he faced temptation. And you know what else he wanted to do? He wanted to show God's power over our broken world. Today, this certainly seems like a fight, doesn't it? This life's a fight. 
is high and low and it seems like we fight to stay on our feet. And Jesus, in a moment where he's tempted, if you're a small group again, you went through Matthew 4 this week. He shows God's dominance over our broken world. But then the NLT, the last little phrase he used, he says he's the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the father of compassion. And then it says he's the God of all comfort. Not like a little bit of com- all comfort. I, I don't know how, how you picture this. I picture a big reservoir full of water. Uh, my friends have taken me up on this lake up in the upstate. It's called Joe Cassie. It's really deep. It's really clear. It's really cold. First time you jump in it. It's beautiful. But uh, it's depth when you when you actually see it, like on a map. or you, it, It's shocking how deep, how much water's in that that little area between the hills and what God is saying about himself to us today on a day of suffering is that he's a reservoir that he's the God of all comfort he ain't gonna run out it's it's right there for us it's this interesting uh interesting concept that when we have him far away and certainly on days like today it doesn't seem like it perhaps but he makes, makes this offer to share the depths of his comfort with us. And then check this out, because some of you guys have already doing, are already doing it. And it makes me so proud to watch Trey and Allie do it with, from their family. It says, he comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others. Trey told me about the night when he finally, finally... Broke him down. It's kind of one of those things you do. You rise up in the moment and then it finally, you finally get your moment. But what's the pastor say? Many of you have had a moment like this. Certainly the family here has had many moments of just suffering. Passage says, he comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. It seems in some strange way that God in his great reservoir of comfort uses us as ambassadors to Saluda. You guys have been those ambassadors to pass on that reservoir of comfort. And it's really fun to hear the stories. Makes makes you kind of looking at it from a distance, kind of well up with pride because that is exactly who the people of God are supposed to. I kept picturing this Joe Cassie and there being just this tiny little pond beside Joe Cassie, downhill, right? In that tiny little pond being, being us. And, and if we allow, some of that freezing cold water flows down in our little pond. And I say if we allow, because there seems to be some pressure on us to allow that comfort to come and, and participate with it. And here we are, this tiny little pond that is enjoying the great comfort of God. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get a bunch of sticks between me and the reservoir and it starts to block the flow and my little pond gets a little dry. And when I need it, though it's there, I don't I don't experience the comfort. And I'm okay with that. Anybody? Because I'm proud. I want to stand on my own two feet. I want to be strong. So I'm just okay with it. And then all of a sudden, extreme suffering comes. Like this week. 
And what's interesting is some of us have dammed that thing up so hard that the water still struggles to get through. But there's also this, this interesting thing that often happens. I see it with believers all the time when the extremes, it's as if the Lord like puts a little wave in his reservoir of comfort. And that wave of comfort just blows through our, our sticks and our dam. And it flows back into our pond at just the right time. Even though we might have been proud and trying to rise up, it flows in and it overflows our pond and it is perfect timing. People consistently tell about God's grace in the hardest of times. Some of us, we built that dam strong. And it wasn't made out of sticks, it was made out of cinder block. And it ain't broke yet. I'm just here today to tell you, Humbly, that he is willing to trust you with his comfort. But you got to let him. Here's what's really cool, and I've seen this with Rady Saluda this week, is then he flows into your little pond, and all of a sudden your little pond overflows. And there's a couple little tributaries come out of your pond, and it goes to other people, and they actually get to experience some of God's comfort through you. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful to watch God take broken vessels like us. And oftentimes I feel like he's, he's pouring into me and I got all these holes in me. So I don't hold water that well. I don't hold comfort that well. But sometimes through my holes, the comfort flows out. And if I let him keep pouring in, then there's plenty to go around. And my neighbors, whether they know Jesus or not, they get to experience the comfort of God. In the hardest of days. And evidently that's who the church was 2,000 years ago. And that's who the church is today. And you are being the church. Praise God. Last couple verses. He's going to tire you with this word comfort. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with comfort through Christ. And even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is your comfort and salvation. For when... We ourselves are comforted. We will certainly comfort you. There seems to be this interconnectedness between us, those of us that follow Jesus. This, this guy in particular, Paul, is one of their leaders. And so he's saying, when God fills me with comfort, I'm always sharing comfort with you. And he, here's what's happened this week at Radius Saluda. There's been comfort that's gone from pond to pond all through our little church. And, and you guys have impacted the town and have impacted other churches in town. And that comfort just gets shared. It's one of the beauties of being a part of the body of Christ. It's one of the reasons to be a partner of a church. It's so that you can share in comfort. You guys, some of you have had enough church experience to know that the church can be absolutely jacked up at times. It embarrasses us. We embarrass ourselves. But in these moments, when the reservoir of Comfort has flowed over into our little banks and now we're overflowing and we're sharing it with one another. We are a beautiful thing despite all of our brokenness. Why? Because of how we look? No, because of what he does. Praise God for being the God of all comfort. Praise God that you can carry my burdens and I can carry yours and we're a team. And that goes not just for those of us in this building, but it goes for all of the folks in, in, in Saluda today that know Jesus. Every single one of them is connected to the great 
reservoir of the comfort of God. And we have this opportunity to share it with one another and celebrate it as it flows into our banks. That's what makes the church, despite as messed up as she may look at times, is crazy on the hardest days. Oftentimes, people look to us whether they know the Lord or not. Not because of us, but because of the great God of comfort. I'll read you the last verse. Paul says, we are confident that as you share in our sufferings, we also share in the comfort of God that God gives us. So here in a minute, we're, uh, we're going to sing together. And really what we're doing is we're sharing. We're, we're, we're sharing with one another. It's one of the things I love about Radius since, since we started it. Our dream was always that people would be a part of Radius because of the people, not because of the preaching, not because of the music, not because of the facility, but because of the people. As the people, as broken as we are, would be being transformed by the Holy Spirit, and we'd be changing. In this particular case, we would be being filled with the comfort of God and have an overflow from us to others. And people will be attracted to God because of God in us. Not the jars. Because of God in us. And so when we get together and we sing, we're sharing. I saw, I saw Heather Kellis walk in a few minutes ago with the kids because she loves y'all. Because she's sharing in this moment. All the way over there in Irmo. You guys shared Ross with Irmo. And Ross is over there planting a church today. To the glory of God. That's, that's beautiful. And then at the same moment to watch the timing of all this. To have Trey in the forefront. Front and Allie carrying the weight here. That's a beautiful picture of, of the church. And you guys are living it out. And I praise God for you. It's an honor to be connected to you. And it's, it's going to be cool to see how he, he takes something horrible like this week and flows his comfort through your little pond, overflows your little pond, into the next. Hey, let me tell you something. If your pond is dammed up while we sing these songs, I'm going to be sitting over here praying that God will blow through your dam because you need his comfort. You might be strong, but you ain't that strong. There's going to come a day when you're going to need him to break through. And that's what we're all about here at Radius. God to break through on us. Some of y'all have uh, had that door open and he came right in. and We praise God for that. And we celebrate his grace in your life. And as we sing, we'll worship him and what he's done for us. That's what all this will be about. We want to call him great now in Jesus. Let's pray in Jesus' name. Jesus, we speak to you. As the son, you know all about suffering. You demonstrated for us how to suffer. Jesus, you suffered on purpose. You suffered for our sufferings. When we go back here and take bread and juice, we recognize that your death on the cross freed us from our ultimate enemy, sin and death. And you were triumphant, Lord. 
not only by dying, but rising from the dead. And we celebrate today that we have hope on horrible weeks like this because we have life in you. Father, for some of us, it's hard for us to even get our brains around the idea that you're the God of comfort and on days like today and weeks like this week, some of us are just dealing with being angry with you. Work us through that, Lord. Work us through who you are. Pray that our brains within our hearts would embrace who you are. And I, I, I beg you, Lord, that you would overflow this room even as we sing with the understanding of who you are as the God of comfort. Listen to us as we sing, Lord, on days like today where we're a little lost. But we know who you are, many of us. So we want to sing it. We want to put it into words. We want to do it together. We want to share this moment together. Pray in your great name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. This audio is provided as a free ministry of Radius Church. If you would like to reproduce this audio, please feel free to do so. We ask that you do not charge for any reproductions that you make. If you would like to know more about Radius, please visit us online at radiuschurch.org or download our app from your app store.